All right, and welcome to the War Room, the show where we act like we know what we're talking about. We probably don't. Maybe we do. Who cares? And today I'm with Taylor Esther and Burt Johnson, but today is actually a week ago from today. Uh, it just took us a while to get this episode mixed down everything. We recorded it last minute because Burt is heading off to college to start cheer camp at Mississippi State and then start his fall semester. But nothing as far as time reference is going to be too far off. The only major thing to note is Granky, the pitcher we talk about in the trade deadline, has already played his first game and he knocked it out of the park. So you're going to hear us talk about we're looking forward to his first game next Tuesday. That's already come and gone. The date that this is actually going to be posted is August 8th. So just be looking out for that. That being said, we got a great show lined up for you all today. We're going to start it off with some MLB talk. Going to talk the NL and AL standings along with the the trade line uh, moves. Specifically, Granky, but we're going to talk about everything. The Braves made some moves, and uh, the Astros really made the biggest moves. We're also going to talk about the Yankees and the Dodgers really not doing too much and how that's going to shape out. Then we're going to jump right into the college football top 25 list. We're going to name off every single team, 1 to 25, on the college uh, top 25 list. Talk about which ones are overrated, which ones are underrated, which ones we see falling out. Uh, at the start of the season, the quickest, which ones we see maybe climbing up the ranks, which ones are going to make a push for the playoff, the best-looking teams for 2019. Um, and then right after that, we're just going to wrap up with an NFL talk. And uh, just a, another note, uh, there is going to be an interruption towards the last 10 minutes of this podcast. It's just going to sound like it cut off real quick and got right back up. That's just because uh, we got interrupted. Burt got a notification on his phone that Mississippi State had received a new shipment of cowbells for the 2019 season, and he proceeded to pass out in pure joy. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. We just had a, an emergency come up, and we just had to cut the audio real quick. Um, so that being said, uh, we got a great show lined up for you guys today. I hope you enjoy. All right, guys, we're going to start this off with some MLB talk. A lot of major moves yesterday with the trade deadline. And Burt, what you got for us today? So, well, first off, we're going to talk about some of our biggest winners uh, team-wise mm-hmm. as uh, the trade deadline was yesterday. I'll start off. A uh, big trade was the Astros and getting Zach Grink huge move. out of the, mm-hmm. uh, the Diamondbacks. Um, huge move for the Astros, mm-hmm. not only player-wise, but also a big move financially for the team. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe the trade was going to be for four out of the top ten pro, uh, prospects in the Astros Farm Leagues. And, uh, um, of course, getting Zach Grinke, of course. Mm. Um, but for the Astros, this really opens up um, come October. Um, you know, not only having Verlander and Cole in that rotation, but now adding another Cy Young Award winner with Zach Grinke mm. really looks good um, compared to some of the American League competition, uh, especially for the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we'll go on to uh, into that a little bit more later, but yeah. um, some other big moves were uh, the Atlanta Braves making a lot of pitching um, uh, moves, uh, one of them being Sean Green, and I think, um, what were a few of the other ones? Uh, it was, I forgot how to pronounce his name, what is it, Melancon? Yes, yes, he, he's a big name. Mm-hmm. Um, the Braves... They're in the uh, NLE um, East, National League East, and uh, especially with, um, you know, the Phillies and uh, the Mets having a closing pitcher in some of the... And And the Braves are already at the top of the NL East. They are. They are. And it only adds... And and it's not even close. It's it's a seven-win differential between them and the second rank. They're going to close that out. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you have to also picture this with the Dodgers. Um, The Dodgers yesterday 
didn't really get nothing. Once again, we'll talk about that a little bit later mm. in the show. But, um, you know, it really, in the Major League Baseball right now, it's really the Astros and the Dodgers at top at the top mm-hmm. and the Braves and the Yankees closing. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. And um, the Braves going out and getting relief pitchers really starts having them catch up to mm-hmm. the uh, Dodgers. Mm-hmm. So, um, so what do you think was your the most pivotal move of this trade deadline these past well, few days? Well, obviously, Grinky mm-hmm. is a mm-hmm. that's huge. That's what move. I was going to say. Yeah, I mean, it's a Cy Young Award winner, guys. Uh, well, that gives the an incredible pitching lineup for a seven game series for the Astros because now you can open with Verlander, go game two with Cole, game three with Grinky, and then if you want to throw in Miley, game four, yeah, Miley, game and then four. you go back to Verlander, if, game five. What the next question becomes for the Astros is, what about Lance McCullers Jr.? Mm. You know, he started game three of the World Series in 2017. Mm. Now, all of a sudden, you have Verlander pitching game one. You have um, Cole game two. And now you have Grinky game three. Mm-hmm. What do you do with McCullers Jr.? And they got Aaron Sanchez from the uh, Blue Jays. So here's where I think of that. We've noticed with the Astros, especially if you even, even going back to our, our year when we won the daggum thing, um, our big thing in series, as far as series goes in playoffs in October and beyond, is we always we would have about two games where our pitching is like we got to pull something out of not our starters, and it's kind of questionable. It, it kind of will vary per matchup, and it, it always gives you a little bit of a risk there. We don't have a we didn't we have two games per seven game series where we would just be on the fence about who we want to start and can they get the job done. Now with this addition. At the most, you're worried about a game four situation. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yes. that's the only one now, that's going to be an experiment because you can throw in McCullers. You can, you can do so many things with a game four for the Astros. Mm-hmm. It's You have Lance McCullers in the bullpen. You have Miley in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Now you have Aaron Sanchez in the bullpen. And Miley's been having a great season, Look, by the way. I think he's going to get he's, the start. He's, he's having a fantastic season. So when the Astros get into a game four situation, and assuming that it, they get to a game four if it's a five-game series, you know – what are you going to do? <laughs> you have so many options. Mm-hmm. You know, you can throw a McCullers in there. You can throw, I mean, it, it, it opens up so many doors. And, and here's the great thing if you're an Astros fan or an Astro, the Astros organization, you know, okay, so you throw in a Lance McCullers Jr. for the starting role in game four, mm-hmm. right? Okay, well, he doesn't have a great outing. Well, we need to throw in a relief pitcher. Well, you have Aaron Sanchez in the bullpen, and you have all that relief staff as well. You have him. You have um, Miley. Mm-hmm. You have so many things you can do. Mm-hmm. So um, well, that, that allows him, like what we were saying, to for that game four between McCullers, um, Wade Miley, and the other guys that we have in our lineup to kind of experiment who they want to start game four, yes. depending on and, the matchup. And with, with, I mean, you still have all of August left, and you have all of September left, so that leaves you two months to figure out that rotation. Not to mention that you said the Astros also added a really good relief pitcher, correct? They did, they did. Mm-hmm. I think I think that might be just as pitiful as a move because our bullpen was, at times this season, has struggled. Yes, for yes. sure. Definitely. I mean, especially last season in October, our bullpen most definitely struggled. So... I don't mean to cut you off, yeah. but we, we, we should finish the intro before we really start talking about all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, right back to you, Bert. But um, let's talk about the Cubs real fast. Mm-hmm. The Cubs went out and had a pretty good trade deadline as well yesterday. They Big picked moves. up Tony Kemp, 
Mm-hmm. It was a huge addition for them. Um, I know on the ooh, ooh, sorry technical difficulties. Real, <laughs> <laughs> throwing, <laughs> throwing hands with the mic. But uh, Tony mic. Kemp for years. I mean, he was a second baseman from the Astros, and he got overshadowed by Altuve. He didn't really get it. I mean, what are you going to do? Are you going to throw in Tony Kemp? Or are you going to throw in an, an American League MVP on second base? Yeah. And then, I mean, he, he kind of got overshadowed. He was more of a off-the-bench kind of player, but then he got traded to the Cubs yesterday who were having problems at second base and having problems having their team produce. You know, um, the managers for the Cubs, you know, I'm honestly surprised they made some moves because if you look at that lineup, I mean, you have Chris Bryant, mm-hmm. you have Anthony Rizzo, you have um, Kyle Schwarber, um, Javier Baez. And you're you're the team's going like 500 right now. If I'm they're, a man, they're, they're sitting in the top spot of NL Central at five three three. At five three three, you know. But I, here here here's where I, I agree with them making some big moves. You look at all the other um, parts of the National League. Look at the gap percentages in wins versus losses. I mean, in just wins with with their five teams in each. You look at the drop off between the number one seed in the uh, National League East, the Braves. They're sitting at 64. The team that's right behind them is sitting at 57. So the Braves are obviously going to close that out. You go look at the National League West. The Dodgers are sitting at 71. The Giants are sitting at 55. Yeah, that's obviously going to close that that's out. Now game. let's go look at, at Central where the Cubs are. Cubs are at the one seed, but the Cardinals are literally right behind them with the exact same record. Okay. So what about the Cubs are sitting there at 57 where are the and 50. Brewers? Where are the Brewers? So this is what I was going to go into. This is a common theme with the, with the Central in general as far as gaps between teams in their win-loss record. Cubs are sitting at the top with going 57 and 50. Cardinals are 57 and 50. Literally same thing. Okay, give me, give me a quick And then second. Brewers are let's, 57 and Let's talk about this just a little bit later. I know we have a segment coming up. Just mm. give me a quick sec. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and let's start talking about, you know, there were winners, but there's also losers. Mm. Um Let's in the, talk in about the trade deadline, right? Yes. Okay. So I'll start off with the Yankees. Lose. Um, you know, what's funny about this trade deadline, the trade deadline is a funny thing because it really shows, from an organization standpoint, this isn't in the clubhouse. This is a, you know, upstairs GM this kind of stuff. This is a front office move. Yes. It's a front mm-hmm. office saying, okay, we're going to go all in for a championship or we're just, you know, it's kind of a rebuilding year. I guess kind of waving the white flag and surrender. Mm-hmm. Um now the Yankees, they did absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. And as as a staff, as a player on a roster like that, what do you see? What do you what do you feel when you know your front office doesn't make a move like that? Like so nothing. here's the thing: the Yankees had the opportunity to make some moves, but even though they could have, they're still sitting at the top of their conference. They are. Mm-hmm. They are. But and they've they've been plagued all season with injuries with Judge and um what's his name? With with uh, uh Sanchez. San- Sanchez. Uh, Sanchez and, and uh goodness, hitter. They brought him in last season, added him with Judge. Oh, uh Stanton. 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 Yeah. Lost so my train of thought. You can make the argument <laughs> that they didn't need to go out and make moves. They just need to be patient. But I don't think we've ever seen a, a Yankees team that was presented with an opportun- with so many opportunities to make easy moves and just say, you know what, we're just, just going to hold do off. It. Yeah. Well, that's that's the problem. They have some they that's opportunities the issue, to really okay? add to their pitching. They have the mm-hmm. a great, great lineup. You know, it, it, you go down the lineup and you don't really see a weak spot Mm. as a as a pitcher you're looking at that lineup and you're saying okay I don't really have a break here 
you know, I got Gregorius Sanchez, Stanton, Judge, you know, mm-hmm. that's a tough lineup. Mm-hmm. But then you go and you turn over the pitching staff and you know the Astros have a phenomenal lineup in their mm-hmm. bullpen. And you go out and you get nothing mm-hmm. for the bullpen, mm-hmm. a bullpen that's been struggling. Mm-hmm. Already. And what plagued is, by injuries all season. If you're along, Aaron Judge, if you're Aaron Judge or Stanton or whoever on that organization, aren't you a little frustrated with the front office? So that here's just, the thing: I, I think it comes down to what they would have had to give up because it's a trade deadline, not a free agency. Uh, the Yankees, in, in normal situations, would make way more moves if this was a free agency because the Yankees have all the money in the world. We've seen that. We've seen them just buy championships, just like the uh, the Warriors. Ugh, the um, Warriors. So I think it was just a matter for the of, and the reason we're talking about this the way it is because it's the first time we've ever seen this out of the Yankees. I think they're just trying to save some money until we until after this season when we when we have a really big free agency coming up, mm-hmm. um, and they're just trying to see, you know, with the current lineups we have, if we can get healthy by October, how's this team going to perform when we haven't, you know, rushed this whole. Trade deadline because we've seen a lot of good organizations at MLB just be plagued by a few injuries during the regular season, mm-hmm. get healthy by October, and maybe having to come in off of a a two or three seed spot in their conference into the playoffs, so they have a, a longer route to to get through. But because of the fact that they're healthy and they didn't make a bunch of impatient moves during the trade deadline, their their old system that has been tried and true throughout the season has worked because of the fact they were simply healthy. And I think with them having three of their stars hurt. For the for majority of the season, majority, yeah. I think at this point they they've already gone through so many injuries and continue to hold that number one spot. They just they don't want to make any major moves because they're so they're they're kind of worried that they're going to make too many moves. These guys can come back from an injury. You're just gonna be changing too many things at once. They're going to have to deal with kind of going back to their old ways when they get all their stars back. Judge is now back, and we're going to see Stanton. What? Yeah. I was so, just going to say, so let's kind of switch gears a little bit here. Not meaning to cut you off cold by any means. No, no. But mm-hmm. let's, uh, let's talk about the Dodgers real fast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're in a very similar spot to the Yankees. They didn't you know, do anything? They did not do a, Nothing. They did a few things, but it Dude. was very minor. Um, well, coming off that loss of Manny Machado uh, to free agency, I would have thought they wanted to do something. I would have thought, thought that as well. But, you know, you got Cody Bellinger, which mm-hmm. is a big deal out there. And then, you know... You got you got talent all over the field for the Dodgers. I mean, it's a great lineup in the National League. You know, How you obviously about, the top lineup. How do you feel about so like you know Yankees Dodgers not doing or basically doing nothing, and then the Astros getting such a great trade? How well, do you that, feel about? How do you think that's going to affect the season? So I'll say this: I think it was pretty obvious coming into the trade deadline who the top two teams in the MLB were. Mm-hmm. It was obviously the Astros and the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, the fact that the Dodgers didn't do anything, I think, and the Astros did do something, I think that Do you think that'll a, get them over the hump? To, I think it's obvious to, the Astros are in the top. Getting Grinky was obviously the right move because it adds so much more distance between them and the Dodgers. Okay. Mm-hmm. More importantly, it puts pressure off of Verlander. It does. It does. Them. It puts pressure off Verlander and Cole. Mm-hmm. It, it, honestly, the entire bullpen. And the team has a general pressure. And I think where the Astros sit is kind of a, you can not to compare it to football, but in a similar situation to where the Cowboys failed a couple years ago, when they had Zeke and Dak on a rookie contract and a healthy Des Bryant, 
and th- the best Ew, offensive line in the NFL. Lie. That season was crazy. That was a well, yeah. good season. But they the couldn't deliver it when they like still the had those two hey, on rookie hey, contracts. Hey, yeah. baseball, baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I, get, I get what you're, you're talking about. Got, I get what you're you talking still about. Have, Cole's on a contract year. This is the mm-hmm. last year in the current contract he's probably going to have. He's probably going to leave the Astros after this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, or does he have one more year after he, this? This season? is his last season, okay. I last believe. Season. So the Astros are seeing this as one of their last attempts to keep Cole in the lineup for the contract they have. Yes. And they have to deliver it. With the Cowboys, they, they needed to get that championship or as close as they could with, uh, with, with, Zeke, with Zeke and Zach, Zach and a lot of the rookie contracts. In yes. that two-year span, and they couldn't do it, and now they're sitting where they are now. So the, I, I'm guessing that so means, Astros, you're trying to say that the Astros are seeing that opportunity, and they're saying, okay, we only have these guys for a certain amount of time. On their contracts. On, on their, their contracts. Contract. Yes. Before we lose them to the free agency. Let's go out, out and let's stops. get some guy and let's win the freaking championship. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. That's exactly what they're trying to do. So then the next question becomes is what about the Dodgers? Okay, they're in a very similar situation as the Astros. You know, they need a guy in the bullpen. They Mm -hmm. have to get a guy in the bullpen. Mm -hmm. And what do they do? They don't get anything. What do you what? Mm -hmm. It's it's a very similar situation to the Yankees. What? Mm -hmm. How do you feel if you're the Dodgers? Now, the Dodgers, I will say this. The Dodgers situation is a little bit different than the Yankees. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Dodgers are a number, obviously number one in the NL. I don't think okay. they hit as well as the Yankees, though. Well, they, it's the Yankees lineup. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the Dodgers, the thing about the Dodgers is like, you know, they're number one. The Braves, there's a gap there. Mm-hmm. But then the Braves go off and get more pitching staff, which they needed. And they got Dallas Keuchel now. You know, it, it, the gap is getting smaller and smaller and smaller between the Dodgers and the Braves, and it really... Tell you what, if we, if we see Braves and Dodgers, which I think we will come, come, come after October, that's going to be... That's going to that's going to seven. So you it's talk, going to seven. It's going to eight. You talk about right, October. And let, let, hey. <laughs> well, you talk about October. Let's let's talk October. All right. What do y'all see? What do y'all see for so playoff l- pictures? So let's go back into... I was, I was talking about how the uh, National uh, National League Central Division is looking right now. Mm-hmm. I was talking about, you know, how the Bra- there's an obvious difference between the number one overall seed in the East and the West with the Dodgers and the, the Braves both sitting almost double digits in, as far as wins over mm-hmm. the two seed, right? With, the, with Central, it's much different. The Cubs and the Cardinals are literally with, sitting with the exact same record. Um, the Cubs just have a better home uh, home record than the um, than, than the Cardinals do. So depending on where you go, the Cardinals could be sitting number one, or the Cubs could be sitting number yep. one. But where I'm currently looking, the Cubs are sitting number one. Um, and then and then right behind so, them in the so, three seed, Brewers have the same wins, so just two more losses. Here's the question. Here's the question. Who are the top six teams? Who do you see making the playoffs in the National League? Obviously, obviously the Dodgers. Cubs, obviously, Cubs, obviously Dodgers, the Braves. Braves. Yeah. Obviously. But the but the question is in the in central I think is where you're going to see the most shake up. You could see okay, the Brewers so you see, go for that two. So seed. you see the so you see it kind of a throw up between the Brewers, the Cubs, and the Cardinals. I'm 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 mainly making the point. I'm not trying to make any ridiculous predictions here. I'm just saying, due to how close everything is in central, you could see these rankings really change as we close out the regular. So season. let's yeah. let's actually compare. Who's number Cardinals are number one in the Central, correct? Cardinals or let's Cubs? Compare they're literally the, the same record. They're right the now. same record. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's compare that to the Braves real mm-hmm. fast. What's the difference in record? Uh, Braves are sitting seven wins over. Seven wins over the mm-hmm. the Cubs. Yeah, o- o- over the, the Cubs, Cubs, Cardinals, uh, and Brewers. Okay, so I think it's pretty obvious that the Dodgers are probably going to get the top spot. Oh, for sure. Unless something really weird were to happen. I'm only really talking about the first round of playoffs uh, out here. The Braves' first game. You the Braves are going to get number two. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so that leaves number three and the wild card up for grabs. Okay, so the wi- talk about that wild card. So the wild card. Who do you have in the National League wild card game? I'm thinking it's going to be one of these central teams. One of these. Well, it's it's going to be it's going to be two central teams, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So you have what I'm saying. So you have the Cardinals, the Cubs, and the Brewers. Mm-hmm. One of those. The winner of that. The winner of that um, division mm-hmm. is going to get the number three slot. Who wins that division? That, that's, it's going to come between the Cubs and I, the Cardinals. I think it's I, the I Cubs. Think Cubs. I think it's, I the, think Cubs. it's the Cubs. Mm. But the question is... Now, with, the, with the moves they made, I think Cubs. Now, the think, question yeah. is, where do the Brewers play in this? Because they're sitting at the three seed. They would have to play the Cardinals. Well, they're th- they're sitting in the three seed in the division. They would have to play the Cardinals. And with in Christian Yelich with Christian Yelich on the Brewers, and the Brewers being... I, I, I like the Brewers in that matchup. I really do. That's, what, that's yeah. what I was saying. I think we... Well, more importantly... I think we could really see the Brewers make a push in closing out this season to to take number two seed from the Cardinals and they do you think, at Do home. you think the Brewers could possibly move up to the three seed? Well, the Brewers are in how, the th- how they're, many they're games trying to go from the three to the two? They're going from the three to the two. Yes. Okay. How? What's the record from the Cardinals to the Brewers? Oh, wait, you're talking about three in the playoff in the actual playoff sitting, not yes. uh, Central. Yeah. No, I don't see the Brewers going there. You don't see the Brewers taking. I see the them division. possibly overtaking the Cardinals, but with the, Cardinals, with the amount well, of time at we that have point, you're saying October. they're at that point you're saying they're going to take the division. No, because the well, whoever you're I, assuming, I see them getting number two. I, I in get the what you're saying. Yeah. You're you're assuming that the Cubs are going to take ahead of the Cardinals. Yes, and the Cardinals are going to drop to number two in the division, and then you see the Brewers possibly. At that point, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. because you have those two teams are obviously going to be in the wild card. Mm-hmm. So who do you have winning the the Brewers or the Cardinals? In a one-game, winner-take-all matchup. Brewers. Uh, like we said, it's very much dependent on Yelich, but I have to leave, uh, lead towards uh, the Brewers. Okay. I, I'm the Brewers as well. I don't um, see the Cardinals closing it out as well. I, yes, exa- exactly. I um, think, I so think, the next uh, question So the next question becomes is the number one Dodgers versus the number four Brewers. Who wins? Oh, definitely the Dodgers. The Dodgers. Yeah. Better, pitching. Dodgers. better pitching. Better pitching. Better pitching. Better lineup. <laughs> better pitching, but thinner bullpen. I will say. Yeah, I agree. Listen. Brewers have a better bullpen. They can so, try to use that. So now advantage. the number two and number three seed. It would be what um, Chicago, the Cubs versus Braves. the Braves. Who do you have that game? I think that one will go to seven, but Braves take it. I have Braves. Mm-hmm. Guys, I'm just here to pretend like I know what I'm talking <laughs> about. I'll just agree with. We play the. We, we, what do we say? <laughs> what do we say, boys? But, but this this is where the real question becomes. Um, I think this is the main question for the National League right now. Who's better, the Braves or the Dodgers? Obviously, currently, if you're to go off record, Dodgers sitting there with 71 wins, Braves are sitting there with 64 wins, and the Dodgers are sitting there over 600 in their winning percentage, and the Braves are, are about 80%, uh, sorry, uh, about 0.2 off from 600. Um, so, so you like you like LA coming off, but coming off the trades where the Braves the, the actually Bra- got people and the Dodgers got nothing. I, I like would we said, I look at the Braves have a better bullpen than the Dodgers. I would yes. probably give it to the Braves. I, I like I like the Braves lineup, man. You know, mm-hmm. you have um, Dansby Swanson, uh, Aquina Jr. Uh, I'm losing my train of thought right now. But you look at the lineups, and I know I know the Bra- I know the Dodgers have Cody Bellinger. Mm-hmm. And he's, I, I think he's going to win the MVP for the National League. Mm-hmm. I think, I think you know, um, compared to Yelich, you know, I don't think the Brewers are producing enough for an MVP. Well, and, and Yelich has at times been sporadic. He has, he has. But um, 
I just don't see I don't see a way the Dodgers can compete with the Braves, especially after the trade deadline. So let's here, I'll tell you what, let's switch up a little bit and let's talk about the American League real yeah. fast. Um mm-hmm. so number one, obviously the Houston Astros are gonna mm-hmm. take the number one slot. Uh number two yeah. slot most likely is gonna be the um Yankees. Mm-hmm. The number three team is, pro- is still a toss-up, but um, it's most likely going to be the Twins. Twins which Twins is a little shocking. Three wins over the Indians. Now, with the Indians acquiring Yasiel Puig, maybe yes, they can close yes. this thing out. I'm sorry, yes. And you what, might what see the... Tw- say? In, oh, yeah. So The Indians, in, the Indians got Yasiel Puig. And, and they're they got, only sitting three wins off of of uh, clo- of taking the one. So do you the do you see do you see the Twins losing it in the last few months left of the season to the Indians? Do you think the Indians make a push into that three slot? Well, what did the Twins get in the trade in the before the trade deadline? Or did they pull they, the Dodgers? They, you see, the Twins are funny. Um, they had been talking about trying to go out and get like a Marcus Stroman from the. Um, Blue Jays. They talked mm-hmm. about trying to get like a Madison Bumgarner from the Giants, which is a whole different. That's a story for another day. Mm-hmm. But then they didn't really, you know, they got a few replacement pitchers, but I don't think they were. They were looking to get more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. think they got as much as they wanted to get. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, Cleveland made a great push with Puig, mm-hmm. and I, I got it. I look at that, and I'm like, That's you part know, of a three way. You know, he's he's a threat to go deep every time he steps up to the plate, mm-hmm. and you know, it, it really raises the question. It's like, you know, are the Twins better? Well, obviously, it's going to depend on both the Twins and Indians' schedules as we close out to October. Uh, let's That's let's gonna be a fact. I'm going to go ahead and make this prediction. Okay, if Yasiel Puig produces with the Indians. You know, you have Francisco Lindor, you have Corey Kluber. A lot of these guys are coming back from injuries. Mm. You know, I'm going to make the prediction and say the uh, Indians can possibly push to a number two, maybe try to beat out the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Hey, they're only five wins off from the Yanks. Yeah, that, there's a chance. I'm, 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 I'm just saying I definitely there's a chance think, there. I don't think yeah. the, uh, the Rays are going to be able to even The Rays, challenge. let's talk about the Rays real fast. I don't see the Rays getting over the Yanks. You don't see the Rays over the Yankees. I, I, I would take. I the, see the I Rays in the, the Indians. Uh, the Indians as a as a more likely team to close out better. Yeah, I'm not saying to close that. out so over the Yankees, but let's talk to close really well. Do you think the Ray, I think the Rays are going to at least make the postseason. I oh, think they're yeah, they're definitely gonna, card. so. Let's see. We have yeah. the Astros at number one. The Yankees at number two. Let's go ahead and say the Twins at number three. Mm-hmm. Number four. Ooh, four four would be a toss up between the Rays, Indians, and Athletics. The athletics. Ooh. Athletics are sitting at sixty-one. I, I forgot the about them. Sixty-one the wins. Athletics. Where are <laughs> here's, they? So here's my thing. So let's see who wins. Um, who wins between the athletics and the Rays? I like the Rays. I like I'm the Rays. Just, I like the Rays. Um, athletics have had a much better season, um, but I don't see them put uh, closing out as well as I think the Rays or Indians. Well, I think the Indians mm-hmm. are in the best spot to close out better so than let's anybody see. else. Let's see this. I like. So I'm guessing the last four teams that are going to be left, number one is Houston, number two, New York, number three is going to be um, Minnesota, and number four is going to be Cleveland. So let's see. You have the Astros versus Cleveland. Who's going to win that? Astros. Astros. (laughs) Okay, now you have Yankees versus... um, Rays. I'm sorry. Minnesota. Yeah. I don't know. I like Yankees. The lineup, I don't think you can compete with the lineup. Even though the, the Twins added a little bit, 
Um, they didn't get. Ex- I, I think the Twins were hunting for exactly what they wanted to get over the hump to beat the Yankees. Specifically, they're trying to build. They're kind of designing their team to beat the Yankees mm-hmm. uh, in the postseason, and I think that's why they were tentative because they couldn't get exactly what mm-hmm. they wanted. So they were like, "We're going to have to wait." They're trying to play long ball here and not just trying to make a push to win this season. Um, I think the Yankees will get the edge, even though the Yankees are going with what they usually go with. Their record does not it just show does, how good it, of a The Yankees uh, a are too strong. The yeah. Yankees are just too strong. I don't care who Cleveland or if, Minnesota got. If they're healthy. If they're healthy. Okay. Agreed. And the other, thing, the other, thing, point, to note, other thing to note, the Yankees' record – does uh doesn't really show how good of a team they're going to be when they get healthy because they, they, mm-hmm. they went on That's a twenty true. game streak without three star so, players. So let's talk about Astros versus Yankees real fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who do you have? Who do you have? I mean, I'm a homie. I'm, I'm a homie. I'm, I'm a homie guy too. Astros. I'm pretty sure we're all homers here, and we're I mean, gonna go. We're gonna go with the, with the Astros. Astros. I just I just think <laughs> even with, even if I even if I wasn't a homer and I supported the Astros, I really do still think that they I still have think that, that edge when over when the they Yankees got Grinky, I think the question the question between Astros and Yankees, the gap separated. Yes. The so big, the, because gap, think about the it. The Astros are obviously going to start Verlander game one. They're going to start Cole game two, and then they're going to start Grinky game three. And automatically, if that's a five game, depending on if it's a five game series or a seven game series, automatically, you know, you're having a Cy Young pitcher for the Astros on six out of seven of those games. Here's one thing to note. Of the teams sitting number one in their, not division, but their conference that we're looking at, maybe getting yeah. number one seed for their playoffs in their in their league, mm-hmm. the Dodgers are the team with the least amount of upside because they haven't been plagued by, with injuries the so, whole season. So let's... So let's, they've, let's they, they've been okay as far as getting their roster. I'm looking so at... Are, I'm you looking seeing, at the, are you seeing a replay of the 2017 World Series? Here, here's what I'm seeing. Uh, a rematch? L- a rematch. Me, l- let me finish Sorry. what I'm trying to say here. So a rematch. Yeah. If we look I mean, at I the Yankees see. and the Astros, we're seeing a similar situation here, right? Both the Astros and the Yankees have the record they have with... Uh, massive amounts of injuries. We went with Springer, Altuve, yes. Correa. The Astros, the Astros have their, their share of injuries as well. And it's same with the Yankees. I, if you play, for but the Houston, Dodgers have three more wins than them. But the Dodgers have been, com- for the most part, so but relatively that, that, fine. That's the problem. The Dodgers are in the National League. Okay, mm-hmm. the Yankees are in the American. I'm talking League. about the They're, same. So are you? Are you thinking, I think you see more upside in closing in October and get in October and beyond. From these two, uh, the so, Yankees and the Astros getting healthy. So, who do you see in the uh, October Classic? Mm. Pick your two teams. I mean, I I, th- I think with the pitching ads, Astros got at least be one of your teams. Astros, one. I of the really teams. can't make up my mind on the second team. Pick it right now. Let's go. So I need be, everybody to pick it. I'm gonna be 100 percent honest. Um, I have no clue what what, it, what was in October Classics. What's that? That's the World Series. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Just say World Series. Um, <laughs> I would have to go. I I want to say a 2017 rematch. I think it's going to be Astros or 2017 Ast- rematch. It's going to be Astros and Dodgers. Mm-hmm. So what do you be- have Cole? Bet- between? Um, I don't see any other team in the National League really making a huge push, other than maybe the Braves, depending on if the if the little adjustments they made. You, so you have 2017 rematch. I have well. a 2017 rematch, but I wouldn't be shocked. Oh, if tech with, with it. Yeah. Tech with it. It's going to be the Braves. I'm calling it right now. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say. I, I, I completely I, I, forgot I'm going to call the Braves. It. The Braves could, could show up. I just think I just think the pitching on the Braves. Especially after the trade deadline has mm-hmm. made a big push. You know the Dodgers didn't get anything. Mm-hmm. It, 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 all that all it's going to come down to is who's hot in October. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. that's that's baseball. Who's hot and who's going to go out? That's and get baseball it. right there, boy. 
So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I do see a chance that the Braves are going to... What are we saying? Astros versus Braves. Let's go for it. (laughs) Yeah. So, we're going to start adding some small little fun segments here in with our newest segment of the day. Due to the great, one of the greatest fights in baseball history I've ever seen yesterday, we're going to open up with uh, uh, our first new segment being uh, Burt's Boneheads of the Week. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm very excited. I'm very and, excited. Um, first of all, before we get into that, I'm going to say most valuable teammate of the year goes to Yasiel Puig yes. fighting even though he was traded mid-game. Awesome. Yes. But I'm, I'm going to hand this over to Burt and let him take the lead on this. Okay, so I'm happened. excited. I'm excited. I'm really excited. This is a great fight. It was a great fight, but um, you know I'm gonna have to give off um, first ever first ever bonehead performance of the week is gonna go to uh, Amir Garrett, uh, Cincinnati Reds pitcher number fifty. Let's give it up for him. Very nice, very nice. So uh, Amir Garrett, let's talk about him real hey, fast. The left hand, the okay. left hand he okay. threw down on the first guy he hit. Let's oh see, my. let's see, let's see. Okay, first thing he does. First thing he does is he goes off and he completely abandons his team and completely tries to fight the Pirates single-handedly. Yes. Okay? Okay, one v Single-handedly. Okay. G, so, obviously, he hasn't watched Top Gun. Okay. What's the rule in Top Gun? Never leave your wingman? Yes. First thing he does, leaves his wingman, and then completely wrecks havoc. Okay. <laughs> in, in, all, in fairness... The coach that was already headed to the mound, he was already going to be leaving his team anyways. <laughs> did, did he win? Did he take on all five? In guys? the one v five match before the entire rest of the bench yes. came. Let's put it. Through, let's put it. I think he, he landed some haymakers. He did. I, I gave him the <laughs> for a one v five. Okay, let's wait. He knocked his hat off. So then, so, oh my so wait, he knocks the guy's hat off, and then comes Pui and just oh, oh yeah. Hulk smash. Dude, it, it was a fight. I'll tell you what. It was great. <laughs> so, not only that, but Puig gets traded mid-fight. <laughs> Puig was traded, like, the, 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 if you look on Barstool's Twitter feed, you'll see a dude, ha- like, having a conversation with one of the outfielders of the Reds, telling them that Puig was traded in the middle of the, like, the dude had to, like, say, hold on, wait a second, look at the next pitch that was being thrown, saw, like, it got caught, and then went back and was like, okay, what were you saying? We lost Puig? <laughs> who, who did we, uh, and he said, who did we get? And then he, they told him who they got in the trade. He goes, he didn't say where he was like, and then turns around and starts playing baseball again. Dude, that's it, it, a fan freaking Puig, man. outfielder. Oh, that and then awesome. the fight happened later. Dude, I get goosebumps. L- thinking like about I, that. Like I said, hey, you know what? He deserves a round of applause. Teammate of the year fighting, yes. even though he was traded. Ghost Yasiel Puig. Let's get him. Yeah, good job, Puig. Good job. Teammate of the year, dude. All right. That's okay, so let's let's move on a little bit. Hey, talk about a win-win. Go, getting traded to a better team that is sitting at the two seat, dude, and landing on the way out on the same night, at the same time, dude. Dude, dude Yasiel Puig, wait, team hey, way to go, bro. Gets to <laughs> what a way to go, <laughs> man. You know, if that, he's going out, he's regardless going of the fact band. that he was being traded, and he doesn't like being traded. That was his night. He got two dubs that night. So, so I, let's move on a little bit from mm-hmm. baseball. Okay, so let's let's make a, a quick. Uh, Watch check. It is August first, guys. It is 110 degrees outside Ooh. here in Texas. It's time for some football. Oh it's about time. It is football time. Something I know. Yay, yay. <laughs> so we're gonna start off a little bit talking about uh the college game real fast. Um Cole, let's start off uh with top the top twenty five. Yep. Preseason. Right. You know what? I'll just go down the list real quick. Yep. I'll go through the, the top twenty five. Uh, I'll try to make this as quick as I can. Here's what we got from ESPN. 
Uh, we got Clemson sitting at one, Alabama sitting at two, Georgia at three, Oklahoma at four, Ohio State at five, LSU at six, Michigan at seven, Florida at eight, Notre Dame at nine, Texas at ten, Texas A&M at eleven. <laughs> Washington sitting at 12, Oregon at 13, Penn State at 14, Utah at 15, Auburn at 16, Wisconsin at 17. Oh, I'm sorry. Wisconsin and UCF are currently tied for 17. Okay. They haven't made their mind up yet uh, on which one they're going to give the edge to. Iowa sitting at 19, Michigan State at 20, Washington State at 21, Syracuse at 22, Stanford at 23, oh, Iowa State at 24, and Northwestern sitting at 25. So I'm going to go ahead and say it, Okay. This preseason poll means absolute jack squat. Mm. Mm. You know, I, I, I'll I'm go ahead and make the argument. Four. If you're in the top four, I would say half of the teams in the top four are going to make the college football playoff. If and, and that's just because it's Alabama, Clemson, and Oklahoma. You know, those are those are obviously and Georgia the, and Georgia. You know, mm-hmm. obviously the favorites. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I, I look at that list, and there, there there are some teams out there where I just. I, I see too many teams near the top 12, college, top 13 that could really make a push. College football is honestly so inconsistent because you could have a team that's ranked like number six mm. and play a completely unranked team, and then they lose that game and they get knocked down to like 25. Well, that's one bad me, loss and you're already sitting at maybe top yeah, five. Me and, and Cole it's so had this. harder for you to work your way up. Me and Cole had this conversation before the show about Clemson. And you and you look at last season with Clemson, and Clemson went on to play Texas A and M. They played Texas A and M and College Station, which is not an easy task. Mm-hmm. Freaking Aggie Land is a hard place to play. Shut up, Cole. Um, <laughs> it, he's he's an Aggie for all those who don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, uh, you know they go off and they play uh, Texas A and M, and you know Aggies are going to say they won the game, whatever. Long story short, long long story short, the game ends in a touchdown Mm. win for Clemson, and then they go on to they go on to play they go on to play you know the ACC. Mm. And me and Cole had this conversation yesterday, and like you know, who in the ACC is worth mentioning right now, especially during that other other than Clemson. Mm-hmm. Other than, because I mean, Florida definitely State definitely not Duke, definitely Florida not North State, Carolina. Florida Miami State is tanks. dumping nothing. They're nothing. No. UNC, nothing. Georgia Tech, no. Georgia Tech, they're not worth mentioning. Yeah, you know Miami. So, no. but here's what it comes down to. The, so the question becomes: division. the question becomes is like, you know, if Clemson were to lose against Texas A and M. Are they in the national championship? No. That's why that game was so important for them, because they didn't have any good matchups the whole rest of the year. Yeah. Also to note, they didn't have the schedule. Even though Alabama was blowing people out, they didn't have the schedule they did. They were healthier where, going into the playoffs than anybody else. But look else. where Texas A&M finished last year. Mm. They finished at the belt bowl, guys. Mm. So you're telling me a team that is a, a They also touchdown. finished with beating some very good teams. A touchdown. A touchdown better than Texas A&M is going to be a national championship contender? Like, like we talked about earlier, I think... The Clemson win over A&M speaks more to how young of a team and an inconsistent oh, team A&M was last year. More, I'm not going to get into Texas A&M too much as far as last year. I think that speaks more to Texas A&M being a young, inconsistent team more than Clemson being an undeserving team to be in that top four. Obviously, they won it. They deserve to be there. Yeah. But as you but, saw with A&M, they literally two weeks later, they, they, they get so close to Clemson. I'm sorry, maybe three weeks. But they get so close to beating Clemson. They get an easy win, uh, I think, either against Ole Miss or Arkansas the following week. We come off of a bye week and we lay an egg to a bad Auburn team. 
But then uh, four uh, four weeks later, we come out and beat a very very good LSU team who is currently sitting at that was six luck. overall. Come on, man! That, you know that luck was or, luck. Luck or not, you survived seven rounds of OT with LSU, dude. Uh, you know that game, that game was well. crazy. That I was a crazy game, off. and it came down to one hundred percent Aggie he, voodoo he, magic. He, it doesn't hey, matter. You already know. A&M's a cult. You really think? Oh, I know they are. Some I know they are a cult. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not speaking okay, on the significance of that win. I'm okay, saying that we're A&M not going to agree. We're not going to incons- agree on I'm this. Not, I'm looking for agreement. I'm saying that speaks more to Ana being an inconsistent team as far as how they play mm-hmm. and consistently good because they came out and laid an egg against Auburn and then lost to Mississippi State. Bert, insert your cheering real quick. Go dogs. Okay. Um, and those were two bad losses, but yet they can mm-hmm. they can get. Three, three or four points away from beating the national championship, and they come out and are able to scrounge out kind of a miracle win against LSU. I think that I think that the whole thing with Clemson being so close with AM speaks more to AM's inconsistency more than it does Clemson being kind of undeserving like in an easy schedule to ACD. That's my that's so uh, obviously obviously Cole's a little butthurt about the AM season last year. No, 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 I'm joking. So let's hey let's let's let me make it absolutely clear. A&M season last year, I thought we were going uh, seven and five. We wound up uh, with a solid eight win season. I, uh, to be completely honest, looking up at next year's season, I see A&M losing four games. I see them losing to Alabama. I see them losing to Clemson, and I see them losing to LSU. And then I see them either losing to Mississippi State or to Auburn. One or the other, possibly losing, both. I see him losing to Auburn more than Mississippi State, honestly. Nah, and, and really? That, that's another thing I wanted to talk State's about. State's got a us. better defensive line and the better defensive backfield. All, I think mm-hmm. Auburn's a little overranked. Mm-hmm. I, I I think so. Look at what they did last year. What was their conference record? So, goal? so hold on. Let's describe exactly what we're going to do real quick with this segment. Um, what we're going to we're going to do is like we're doing right now. We're going through the top twenty-five, talking about who's overhyped, underhyped. Um, who doesn't deserve to be even ranked? There are some teams that are like that. Yeah. Um, and we're kind of going to go over uh, where the, each team has finished in their conference last year. So we're going to dive into some of these rankings that got pulled Let's up. Let's talk here. about Auburn. Let's Auburn talk Auburn first yeah, off. Th- literally uh, third third from last in the Southeastern Conference in the SEC West last okay, year. Okay, let's went three read, and off, five read off their SEC, SEC West. I got or you. SEC wins. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. In, in SEC Conference, they went three for five, overall, eight for five. Eight for five. Okay, so, so what were their how conference does that wins? put them in the top in the top? Well, their conference wins, I believe, were what three and five. They were against Mississippi, Arkansas, and A and M. So Ole Miss, Arkansas, and Texas A and M. The Texas A and M game, I'll, I'll consider that a good win for Auburn. That's a great. Yeah, that's a good, it was that's a terrible great loss for A and M. And then, of, of course, he enters the Aggie. I get little Should not excuse. have lost that game. But no anyway, excuses. anyway, cool. you know it's Ole Miss, Ole Miss, and Arkansas, y'all. Arkansas freaking lost against North Texas, guys. North Texas. Arkansas went zero and eight in SEC. That's play. not even a Power Five team. And Mississippi went one and seven in SEC. Ole Miss, guys. Ole Miss beat Arkansas. That's all they won mm. in the SEC. How in the heck are you telling me that Auburn is a top? 15 team. I think they're sitting at 16. Okay, that, yeah, 16. that's a top 15. Yeah, that's a top 15 team. Okay. I don't but see you're telling why they're me, ranked. You're telling me they're ranked? I, I just mm. don't understand that. I don't understand okay. at all. I, I, yes, they got eight wins. I don't but think, I, look, I'm not going to, obviously I'm a Mississippi State guy, but I don't think that, I, I don't think Mississippi State should be in the top 25, but I, at the same time, I'm like, you know, I think Mississippi I'd State should be ranked 24. over Auburn. I'd slide Mississippi State with their recruiting class at 24 any day. Yeah, uh, some yeah, out for some, one of the, There's some excuse. If you I, I, if, if you take out Auburn, move everyone else up one, slide them in twenty five or twenty four. Yeah. What because, about I mean, what about Missouri? Mississippi State had what a about Missouri? Yeah. Where did Missouri mm. coming out? 
Missouri, so Missouri yeah. finished last in the SEC East, but they they went four and four in conference. So the SEC East but that's has the SEC better East. conference it, play. Uh, that's the SEC. I know. East. They, I know. I know. But Missouri, they're. I don't think they're on the top twenty-five. No, they're not. Thank goodness. Mm. No, I thought they were twenty-three. I'm pretty sure they were. 23. No, Stanford's no, sitting no, no. at twenty-three. Yeah. Stan- okay. Yep. I, uh, I just now keep in mind, maybe this could vary per source you, know, you look they, at. But they this did is get. Off of CBS. They did get um, okay. the quarterback from Clemson, um, Kelly Bryan. I think Kelly might Bryant. be a good fit. That, that I, I like that, but I, I still don't think that puts them. I, I, I don't like that. I, I don't like the fact that they're still being considered. I, I, that's an overranked, overhyped. I, I would maybe sneak them in the top thirty. Maybe top. Th- okay, I can see top thirty. Just but because I can't see top twenty, they're an SEC team. They get a, a really good recruiting class. They're yeah. young. They um, they have a great offense. Even though they lost Drew Locke, they've got uh, Kelly in there. They got a good offensive line. Their defense is spotty, but their defensive line is solid. Their linebackers and defensive backs are what needs work. Uh, I, I like their coach. He runs their offense well. Does a lot of variety. In I love. Systems. I love Missouri's coach. Yes, he, I, I love him. He's so really good. I think it comes down. If they want to creep into the top 25 next season, it comes down to their coach doing what he does and Kelly Bryant's arm. Mm-hmm. He, Kelly Bryant's going to score. He's going to make plays, but his arm is what's going to make people around him better. I just if don't he can develop see, that. In the SEC East, I just don't see them producing that well. I see them going 500. I, I, really, I, I tell you who I think Missouri I can see them. I, can I tell see you who Missouri gets over. They get over Kentucky and South yes. Carolina easy. Yes. Yeah. I, so I, I think they're going to finish th- I think they can beat those East. two. Yeah. I think they can beat Tennessee as well. Mm-hmm. I see them. I see Missouri maybe making a push to to go four and four. I don't in SEC. Play. I don't see them beating Florida. I don't see them beating Georgia. Not even. I close. don't see them. I, I, so I, I honestly the don't even see them beating be in the, South Carolina. The, so hence the argument: Why should they be in this, the discussion for top twenty five? That's a, that's my point. They're saying, not. Maybe they're top twenty five. So obviously so my list doesn't have talked, them in there. I talked mm. about Florida a little bit, and mm. we'll kind of switch switch a little bit here. Mm. Let's talk, let's start talking about some dark horses, mm. kind of some guys that are just outside trying to make a push in. Mm. I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and start with Florida. Mm. You know, they're with Dan Mullen. It's the second season um, he has with the team. He did wonders at Mississippi State. Mm. I, I hate I hated losing him, but that's mm. a, that's another thing for another day. Yeah, but. Um, he turned your program around. He did. And, you know, I think he's doing the same thing with Florida. You know, mm. he was he was over there with um, Urban Meyer back in the Tim Tebow days. Mm. But then, you was know, he OC or was he just an assistant? Dan Mullen was an offensive coordinator. So I thought. Ooh. And you know, a lot of people think that you know part of the reason that Florida had the success was Dan Mullen, not mm. necessarily Urban Meyer. But mm. that, like I said, that's another story for another mm-hmm. day. But you know, it really raises the question. It's like, what do y'all think about the Florida Gators this year? So they're sitting at eight in the current rankings. Now, again, these rankings we're giving you could vary. Per yes, go yeah, 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 I've, I've looked at both the ESPN and CBS, and this is basically what they, they're both saying, but other news networks might have it different. Um, but Florida's sitting at eight. I, I, I like them sitting at eight because, like we said, Florida is still going to be very young. They don't have a lot of veterans sitting uh, sitting into the, coming into this next so the, season. Here, I have a question. They're going to get a lot of really good sophomores and juniors. I have a question for you. Do you put Florida – over Ohio State, Oklahoma, or Clemson? Do you put them over those? Definitely of those not teams? Clemson. No, not, not Clemson. Clemson. Not I can all agree on that. Maybe Ohio. I'd put them over Ohio State. Yeah, I'd put them over Oklahoma. Okay, I would. Here's where I, I just maybe, like Dan Mullen. That's just what it is. I yeah. love Dan Mullen. I think Ohio State has a chance of falling because well, of Ohio loss State. Of Urban Meyer. They don't have Urban mm-hmm. Meyer. They don't have. They lost a lot. They lost. They lost Nick Bosa, who's who's. But keep it, keep in mind they lost. They only, they um, only lost Nick Bosa and uh, their quarterback, which they, they have a million quarterbacks. J T. Barrett. Uh, yeah, 
Mm. They have a million quarterbacks. Uh, it was Dwayne Haskins. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, J.T. Bear was a year prior. It's been a, so it's been a minute. <laughs> Ohio State, their, their main losses were their quarterback and Joey Bo, uh, but the, but I mean B- Bosa, which Nick Bosa, he only played five games last season. And all, and they they Joe, performed the Joey, way they did. Joey, not Nick. Nick Nick's in the NFL call. I thought Joey is the one on the Chargers. We'll one one, later. one yeah, of the Bosas. One the, of the Bosa. We're going to refer to him as one of the, the second Bosa. So I don't think Ohio State lost a lot, and especially being Ohio State st- sits at the top five of recruiting classes in the nation. Mm-hmm. I don't think player wise you have to worry about veterancy or youngness in that team. Uh, maybe a little bit at quarterback, and that's about it. Their defensive line is stellar. I mean, it's stellar. Uh, defensive backs, one of the best in the country. I think it comes down to can this new coach provide for this team as Urban Meyer did. Now, you can make the argument the assistants were having to pull Urban Meyer's weight last season because he had yeah, that whole thing yeah, where he could yeah. suspend it for a little bit. He was so stressed out. There was so much drama, yada, 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 and they still performed the way they did. So maybe just having a you can call it a healthy head coach. So my question: Keep them where they are. Do you think? Do yeah. you think there's Ohio a chance State, Ohio State can fall out? Though do I will you say that. think Ohio State is overranked? If things remain the way they are, and the new coach they got performs three quarters as good, and his assistants remain the same, that quarterback spot remains somewhat the same with the new if guy that comes in. I'll go ahead. I see them retaining the into the top seven. I will go ahead and say that Ohio State is a top fifteen team. I tell you, I tell are you, they, who I will the think. Question, the question is: Is are they a top five team? And that, the, mm, I say no, no, no. If, if you're basing it off most. of how thick the roster is, the recruiting class, and how how good of an organization uh, they are with their assistant coaches, and maybe this new head coach they're in, yes. Based off their current situation, coming off of losing Urban Meyer, Dwayne Haskins. And Bosa, which I don't now, I'm gonna throw Bosa out of there because Bosa didn't really have much of an he impact didn't, last he, season. He was injured. I think it comes down to them if they want to retain being in the top ten, especially they're if they gonna, want to stay in top five. And the Big Ten, and they're going to have to deliver. Perform. That's yeah. that's the end of the. Th- can the, the new coach and the new quarterback deliver? Everything else is set. That team is just ready. You put, it, them, you put them at a top lot of five. It, like I said, it's pivotal. On it's a yes or no question. Yeah. It, are yes they no, in the top five? They, I'm struggling to answer it. To be honest, I said because I said top ten. I said top ten. I don't think they're top fifteen. Uh, definitely Maybe. top ten for me. Okay. Uh, especially in halfway through, halfway through the season, they will still be top ten. They could. So Cole, Cole's going to go ahead and answer top five, <laughs> six. You know what? I'll say this: I think they will have to fall because dealing with a, a head coach transition is never yeah. good. They're, they they never might easy. blow an early yeah. game. So let's yeah. let's kind of switch. Let's, I, I, I'll say they fall back to eight or nine. I tell you then, who will fall out though, and I think who Florida will take a, uh, take a ranking over is Michigan. 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 Michigan is in the top five. They're sitting at seven. Michigan, I, I don't like that. What has it's Michigan all, it, done? What has Michigan done? What does Michigan have? They got, they got Harbaugh. They, they, they got, Jim, what's they his have name? Jim the Harbaugh for your information. I'm just going to say that right there. Um, Thanks. What's, what's his name? The QB that was at Ole Miss that went over there? Shea, um, Shea Patterson. Yeah. yeah pa- Patterson had a good season last he year. Not, a, what he wanted, uh, not what he wanted. Not what he was supposed okay, to do. Okay, let's, mm. let's put it this way. Until Michigan beats Ohio State. They will not break the They 10. will not beat. Worth mentioning. Mm. Period. End of story. The Big Ten. That's that's the problem with the Big Ten well, nowadays. That game was it's so Ohio close State. Last it's Ohio State or Michigan. Yeah. And the thing about it, and the winner and, of and that the, rivalry. And game let me put it. This seed. is this is how mm. it's happened for the past. I don't know how many seasons. Ohio State starts off great. They start off in the top five teams in the country. They start off in the picture. Then they lose to a nobody like a Penn State or a mm. you know somebody somebody who's like in the top twenty five, but 
kind of on the lower half. Well, hey, I mean, Penn State is sitting at 14. Yeah, but uh, they're running back you and they're O line you. But any uh, regardless, let the thing about it is Ohio State. You know, Michigan after Ohio State loses to that, Michigan moves up, and then. What happens in they play the Ohio State Michigan rivalry and Ohio State wins and then next thing you know is it, the question becomes is oh, who's going to put put in is it is it Georgia or Ohio State and and uh, most of the time they select Georgia mm-hmm. or well, they didn't last S- year Georgia they didn't, didn't get the they goal didn't, last year they didn't go figure but you know they put in a Notre Dame which is a uh, we'll talk Notre about Dame it later. should not have been there we'll talk about it later no I mean, we could talk to the Beermans about Notre Dame. We'll, we'll, we'll talk I'd love to have Albier on the show. Oh my gosh! Hey, hey, it's it's another. It's a. It, we'll talk about it in a few minutes. But, so, um, I think I think Michigan um, can fall out of the top ten very easily. Yeah. But here's the thing: last year they didn't get any discussion as part of being the top four because of that loss to Ohio State, and that was one of the closest games of the year. Michigan it's, it's, had it's, a good it's, season last year. Their defense performed outstanding, um, which was really weird because they're in the Big Ten. Makes no sense. Um, if it weren't for that loss to Ohio State, that some people still made the argument was thrown a little bit. There was some referee interference there. There was some uh, weird things going on with refer- that. It was at Ohio State. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean, I'm not, I'm not agreeing with it. I'm telling you how, how it was. There was a Jim Harbaugh had a whole rant about it after the game, telling him exactly what went wrong. There's, mm. there's always a referee and a bad call involved. There, there Get over is. it. I don't know why I'm refs not, make such bad calls. If, 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 there's so, so often. So, like, look, we're not going to dive into the ref thing on that. I'm just saying that was such a close game, and that game was what put them outside of the, so of the playoff. Let's, let's, kind of have, let's kind of have a little thing here. Everybody choose a team that you see on the outside of the top four right now that you could see potentially making a push in. Definitely Florida. You think Florida? Florida. I got I don't I don't see Michigan breaking the top four, but Florida is What's so it? young and they performed so well last season with Dan uh Dan Mullen over there. They can make a push for that. I'm not saying they'll lock it in, but I think you'll see at some point in the season, uh maybe midway through, depending on how many decisive games they win because their schedule is an SEC schedule. Mm-hmm. If they if they remain you know perfect halfway through, that means they're gonna beat some really good teams. You can see them breaking the top five and be in the discussion to get in the top four. Okay, Do I think they'll lock it in? What's, no, a, what's LSU at? Yeah, six. LSU's at six. LSU's at six. Dude, look, I'm gonna say I like L- that. I'm, I'm going to say LSU, LSU as well. I like LSU. You know, you have Ed Ogeron as coach, which, you know, there's uh, – Ogeron has had his issues <laughs> with Pat in the past, you know, mm-hmm. Troy. Um, but, you know, you have Joe Burrow coming was back. Was Ogeron at, there when they lost to Troy? No, 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 no. no. Yes, he was. He was. They were going to fire him. They were gonna. Fire I thought, him I thought Les Miles lost to Troy. No, that. no, Les Miles was way before that. That was a, Les Miles got fired after an Auburn loss. That was mm-hmm. seasons ago. But I'm I'm still a little iffy on Ogeron. Uh, <laughs> but I'll, they have Joe Burrow hey, coming back with quarterback. And then um, you know it's LSU. You know they're always going to have a great linebacking core. They're always going to have mm-hmm. a great defensive back. They're always going to have great linemen, you know. They're going to have, have a great set. defense. It's LSU. They're always going to be. Down, they're always going to get. It comes all, down to the quarterback play. They're, offense, the offense they've been spot since offense. Zach Mettenberger, which oh my god, it was like eight years ago. They've been spotty. Well, at they have Joe Burrow finally, and he's finally providing some stability at the a LSU quarterback bit. position. But you can't but tell the, me but LSU the thing, for the past eight years has always well, you been gotta, relying you on gotta, defense. You got to remember, yeah, LSU much. for years and years and years had Leonard Fournette. Mm-hmm. Okay, Leonard Fournette is a kind of running back where it's I'm going to grab LSU. Just the kind of school where it's just I'm going to 
take my biggest guys I can find in the state of Louisiana and Texas and wherever, and I'm going to line them up against you, and I'm going to shove the ball down your darn throat because mm-hmm. I, yeah. I that's just how I play the game. But last year, the last year with Joe Burrow at quarterback, LSU, for the first time in a long time, you started seeing LSU throw the football, which mm-hmm. really, I'll say this, when you can become multidimensional, in a, in, in a football game, it opens up so many more opportunities because automatically you, you, you have to start getting defensive backs backing up and actually considering a pass threat. Mm-hmm. You have linebackers who can't just immediately flow downfield. They always have to check for the pass. It forces the defense to it check into a seven-man formation in the box. And when the, defense, when the defense starts thinking, that's when big plays happen. Mm-hmm. So here's my thing. The last time we saw LSU air out the ball as much as they did last season, well, our term for air out for LSU is not like the air out for like uh, you know, any like Big 12. It's, it's not two, Baylor. Two it's not TCU. It's not Oklahoma. You know. But for LSU, they aired it out last season. They're the not last gonna... time we saw them pass the ball that much was when they had freaking Jarvis Landry and Odo playing at the same time if, with a crappy quarterback. They could just put it up there and send up a prayer, and they would just come down with it. I'll go ahead and say this. If LSU – can score 20 points in a game, it's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, With their so defense, the it's over. Mm-hmm. We're seeing them air it out. So They have some good receivers over there. But the, like I said, the last time we saw them air it out was when they had freaking Jarvis Landry and Odell at, on the same team at the same time with a crappy quarterback that could just somehow throw Lob it deep it up and, then, and they could get it. That's the only reason they were throwing at that time. So now you're seeing them with not as – they definitely don't have, an, they don't have an Odell or a Jarvis Landry the team, no, but they're able to throw not. the ball well. So now, if one of these really young wider series they have can really develop, if you got, a, if you have a good quarterback, a good quarterback can make your receivers look good, and mm-hmm. vice versa. If you have great receivers, it'll make the quarterback look, look better. So, if, you, if you start so, seeing LSU going 65-25, uh, sorry, did I do that math right? What? Six, what? Sorry, sixty-five and twenty-five. Bro, this isn't TCU. I'm talking about. No, 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 no. If you see, if you see, L, if you see LSU start going sixty-five percent run, thirty-five percent pass. Oh. Ooh. That's what I was. I was trying to do that right in my head. Do the math right. That can, that can open now. Up. That is scary. That's some scary yeah. stuff. And right if that there. if that pass completion percentage stays around fifty to sixty percent, who do they? Does anybody know who LSU's running back is this year? Oh, um, oh my goodness, they have Fournette's younger brother, by the way. Ooh, Ooh they do. Yes. Very um, interesting. That'll be. Pretty I, nice. I believe. Yeah, so, yeah. They so do. But, I, I, I don't mean to. Starter. I don't mean to interrupt, guys. But let's move on and let's start talking about some teams that we think are overhyped. Okay, so we'll just go around and say like one team in this top twenty-five that is going to drop. Um, Bert, what, who you got right now? So the, I'm. I'm going to go ahead and say Texas. Um, thank you know, God. I'm going to say uh, Texas A&M. <laughs> <laughs> So I, let me let me talk about Texas for yeah, a little yeah. bit here. You know, they they finished last season with a pretty good win against Georgia. Okay, but you know, you know, I I think you know, there's all this hype nowadays with oh Texas is back. You know, we're we're gonna go compete for a national championship. We're back. You know, you know, but I, I just don't, I don't see that. You know, it, I don't see the Colt McCoys. I don't see the Heisman hopefuls that they had in the past. I, I don't see a Vince Young. I just don't. And and, and I, I, I love Texas guys. I love A and M. I love Texas. I love their passion. I love how they always consider themselves in it till the very end. But I just, I, I, I see the Georgia game as kind of a fluke. You know, Georgia just got off a. Very dismotivating, you know, you're not in the college football playoff, you know, I I, I get the fact that Texas, you know, they beat Oklahoma 
and the uh, the Red River rivalry. Uh, I, I get, I get, and beating Oklahoma is is good, but you know, well, I, they, they they beat Oklahoma and then lost to them in the Big Twelve. Yes, game. they did, mm-hmm. and and you know, I just I don't. What are they ranked? Who, uh, Texas. Freaking Texas is at ten. A and M's right below them. A M's right below them. Here's the thing. I just don't see that. It, I don't see they're Texas at ten doing because that. they beat Georgia, and with the Georgia that whole Georgia game, they got outcoached. Kirby Smart did not do a good Who's, job coaching that game at all. I went I went back and dissected the film. He was making some pretty big errors as yeah, far as running yeah. his offense and defense. So, it, but um, I, I uh, not to mention Georgia was dealing with injuries. Texas was fresh. I just I don't see them able to compete. I, in the Big 12, mm-hmm. I see them able to compete with the Oklahomas and the TCUs. Well, because and all of the factor in the Big 12, I, they're going to have a good ranking until they lose to exactly. somebody important in the Big 12. It, well, the question It'll is, come is down to they, one game they, just like last Are they going to play – who do they play? Do they play like a Big 10 or a big team from the Big 10 or SEC? I don't or, have their schedule, but if they do, that game will be pivotal. The Texas-Oklahoma game will be pivotal that's, again. That's the one thing I hate about college football nowadays is the fact that everybody tries – Everybody is so critical of the SEC saying, "Oh, we're not going to. The SEC doesn't want to play us, and because you, you know, how can we? How how can we have a tough schedule when you know the SEC is only going to play themselves, and then they their out of conference stuff is just cupcake games." And but because if the SEC it's could, the SEC went schedule, nothing guys, but big, tw- uh, big twelve, Big Ten teams, the SEC other than schedule games. We and and then that's it, one it thing tear their guys. Down. That's one thing I yeah. absolutely hate is people. They criticize the SEC for having such a tough schedule. Well, not to mention Guys, the SEC look at the leads SEC, the league in injuries. Look at the SEC West, okay? The SEC West, you have Alabama at top. Alabama, who is not a walkover team. Mm. Auburn, who is not a walkover team. Texas A&M, who is not a walkover team. Georgia. Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Guys, less than five years ago, they were number one and number two in the country, mm. okay? Then you have Arkansas, who has proven – I mean, before before I mean, years ago they were they were pushing they were competing with Alabama. Hey, a young Tennessee mm-hmm. team to L- watch. Guys, out for. LSU is in there too. Mm-hmm. So you know, you look at that, and then you look at the Big Ten and the Big Twelve, and it's Oklahoma and Texas ish. Mm-hmm. And, and then you have one big game a season, mm-hmm. one big game, and that's it. Versus the SEC, where it's week to week to week to week, it is Smash Mouth football, and you got to be ready to play, or else your season is over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they, and they can't afford to go and play a bunch of Big Ten and, and Big Twelve they teams can't. outside of they can't. Uh, for their because outside of conference games because they, they have to find their, they have to find a way to get their guys healthy again. They lead the league in yeah. injuries. Jeez, man, I, I you know. That's, uh, that's when conference. I'll say this, and 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 this is kind of another thing. But that's that's when Notre Dame comes at me and says, you know, oh, we beat Vanderbilt by you know three points. I'm like, guys, participation award of the guys, year. You know, you beat Vanderbilt. They're the bottom of the SEC East, and now you're mm. telling me you're t- you're telling me you deserve to be in the top four. I think oh. I accidentally cut I, them out of the ranking snippet. Oh, I did. Cool. In the in the SEC East, I accidentally cut them out of the ranking. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> That's about fine. It. We know That's who they're fine. below. They're below Missouri. But, but but the thing it doesn't change the fact that you know you have these teams from the Big Ten, the the Pac twelve, the the um, Big Twelve. They just, Big Ten is looking strong though. The Big uh, it's Ohio State and Michigan. I like big, I like Big Ten teams better than ACC other than Clemson. Well, the, uh, you see, that's what I'm talking about, though. You know, it, it's 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 not the same when you're when you're competing every single year against you know the top, you know the top of the top of the top, game in game out, 
it's just different. Mm. And you, you're coming to me and you're telling me that a two-loss SEC school that has lost to Alabama and LSU in a season is better than a team that only that is. It, you're telling me that a team that um, lost to Ruck, like like UT UT always loses to who Maryland is it? Maryland they lose to Maryland. You're telling me Texas is better than Georgia who lost to Alabama? No, no, that just doesn't make any sense to me. And, and you know, I I get I get where Texas fans come from. I get. I get it, but you know. For the this, record, Texas fans have been in a winning drought for the past couple of years, especially during the just, Charlie Strong. It just days. annoys me. Yeah. That's 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 all it is. The only thing, I, who, the, who the else? One do you? place where I can that I can somewhat agree with Texas being in the top ten, they're they're top they're ten, um, is because Tom Herman is their coach, and he's a Tom Herman. He's a, great a hard, coach. He's okay. a hard nosed coach. He pushes his players to the absolute uh, limit. I've had some inside uh, information from some of my coaches who have like witnessed him coaching. He pushes he pushes his guys hard. I mean hard, mm-hmm. and that's why he's been turning around so quickly. But um, long term is is where the question mark is because his, his days at U of H where they were really good. So, you know, he was there for about two or three seasons. Now he's already on a Texas. So I think it's pretty obvious Texas is overranked. I think it's pretty obvious Notre Dame is overranked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who else? Who team else have to be Notre Dame? Who else? Who else stands out? Mm. Mm. You know what? I'm I'm have to say. Um, mm. Michigan State had a bad season last year. Where's Michigan State? At? They're at twenty. They're at twenty. I mean, I don't see them uh, falling, but I don't see them I, rising. I don't, see them, I don't see them at twenty. I don't see them in the top twenty-five. I see Penn State maybe, maybe falling what a few seeing? spots, but staying in the top twenty-five. Penn State is fourteen. Mm-hmm. What? Okay, I can understand. Uh, They're running back. You who did? They, who did uh, they? Who? Were, what was their record last year? I don't uh, I don't have the record. Okay, up you here, don't, But uh, they had a good eight eight or nine win season. They beat some really good teams. They did. Mm-hmm. They did. Um, um, they had a, a a heartbreaking loss to somebody. I forget. I think I don't know if it was Ohio State. I forget. Oh, I remember. I remember one. I, I wanted to talk about Auburn. Auburn. I think Auburn's overranked. Oh, we already we already we already did. Auburn. Oh, yeah, that's what's, right. I what's Auburn ranked? Is it they're sixteen? They have Auburn 16? at sixteen. Uh, Why? I don't know. So so I don't see. Uh, it's it, it. Do I see them top twenty or top twenty five? I'll say top twenty-five. Top twenty-five. I see. I see them falling out and working there. back really into the top twenty-five. So you see them falling out of the top twenty-five and then working their way back up to top twenty-five. Mm-hmm. I could see that. I tell I you who I do see moving up and maybe even getting over Penn State's ranking is Wisconsin. Because Wisconsin, like we talk about, I talk about Penn State being running back. You, mm-hmm. Wisconsin is running back. You. And oh, offensive um, lineman, you. Remember, I, I they, just remember, they have Joe. T- the Big they're, Ten. They're the, like they have five uh, alumni in the past eight years that have the biggest O line uh, contracts in the NFL. That, Joe Thomas went true. to Wisconsin. That's true, but at the same time, you have to remember contracts. From you have to remember who Wisconsin is playing year in and year out. They're playing Michigan. They're playing Ohio State. Do you see a Wisconsin team with two or three losses? Being pushed up to the top ten? No, no, no. no, no. Or, no, no, no. What do you? I'm, I'm putting to the top. Over t- I'm sorry. I meant, I meant to say. I meant oh, okay. to say top. You know, fifteen, top twenty. So they're in. I don't. In I don't see that. A team. A team with. Uh, here's I'm how not I talking a major book. A team. I'm, I'm, see, I'm saying. A team them going from, from the Big Ten to where Oregon's at. Maybe 13. a team from the Big Ten who has two to three losses. I consider them to be a top twenty. team. Or not twenty, but I consider them to be anywhere from eighteen to twenty-five. All I'm saying mm. is, I see Penn State and Utah falling out, and I see Wisconsin moving up. And I see, and, we're, okay. and we're already okay, saying Auburn's going to fall out. So that's three teams right there. That puts fair it right enough. where I just told you. Fair yeah. 
So, so if we're saying Auburn and Penn State is going to fall out and so Utah falls out possibly, let's, let's, that puts them at 14. Okay. Let's let's kind of move on from college football real fast. We've got to um, talk about the MF, let's, I mean let's the talk NFL. About the, let's talk about the NFL. Um, so it's going to be a, kind of a quick segment, but, you know. This cares, is an overlook <laughs> for our next episode. Yes, yes. So let's, let's start off uh, real fast. Who needs to be getting a little more noise right now? Um, mm, I like I'll, the Bears. What do you mean? I like the Bears. You like Bears, the Bears are looking good. You like Khalil Mack? I like their defense is there. It's ready to go. I love their young quarterback. I forgot what his name is. Oh, my goodness. Um, I know oh, you're talking about. I know you're talking about. just be a Trubisky. Trubisky. Trubiscuits and gravy. Trubiscuits and gravy. Biscuits and gravy. Is, look, look I'll, I'll admit, I had a little bit of a, uh, a liking for him when he showed up in the, in the, the sleeveless uh, sweater look, looking like, uh, what's his name, Mike Ditka? With the Ray Bans and everything, <laughs> but hey, oh, yeah. he had a really good season last I, season. So, um, yeah. their, Bears, their running game is gonna is gonna develop with the moves they've made. The receivers, <laughs> is, receivers hey, is the question. Hey, mark. the Bears are gonna be fine as long as they can find themselves a kicker. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, the Bears, doink. Oh. <laughs> the, the double I'll, doink. I'll go, double doink. Oh, doink doink. <laughs> so I'll go ahead. And, I'll, uh, I'm gonna sound like a homer. I'm a big Dak fan. I know he went to Mississippi State rep. Um, Mm-hmm. I, I like the Cowboys this year. I really do. With I know Randall St- Cobb, St- Stephen A. Come at Randall, me, you know. Randall Cobb <laughs> to the Cowboys out. with Amari Cooper. I, I like him. Uh, you know, so the they, defense. They have that young guy. What's his name uh, on the receiving core? On the receiving core, um, the young guy they drafted last year. He was a rookie. who did really good. Someone with an S. I know who you're talking. I can't think of him at the moment. So they um, have him. They have Amari. They have Cooper. Amari Cooper now. Mm-hmm. They have Randall Cobb. You know, they have Dak Prescott at quarterback. What, Beasley. Beasley. So let's let's focus on the receivers. You know so, they have Jason Witten coming back. Cooper's mm. Cooper's production last year was a little bit more limited than it than it should have been because one he was learning a new offense. Yeah. One I know. Um, two um, he he was um, he was getting double teamed because he was their only really big yeah. possession possession receiver. You add another guy like Randall Cobb now you opens can't, up. It you opens can't up a double defense. Amari every. Point. And then you have and then you have a running game with Ezekiel Elliott and that offensive line. Yes. Oh my goodness. And then, not to mention the best the, linebacker you also, duo. You compare in, that in the to the NFL. defense. You know, you have uh, Leighton Vanderesh. You have uh, Jalen Smith. Demarcus have, Lawrence. Demarcus Lawrence. You have um, um, Sean Lee. Uh, 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 there's a Byron Jones or something like that. Yeah, defensive yes. back. Yeah. And, and, and I know I'm going to sound like such a homer, but I like the Cowboys. I mm. really do. Well, I'm going to sound like an even better homer when I say the Houston Texans. Okay, <laughs> come on. You're going to tell me we got a healthy Watson. Him and DeAndre Hopkins, are you kidding me? Healthy that Lamar duo, Miller. That duo is insane. And Fuller's healthy now, too. He- healthy he QT, hurt. healthy our, Fuller. Are you going to tell me our defense as hey, well? And the new we tight ends we the got. Best the, the biggest ad is at tight end. In the league. Yeah, we biggest got a tight, tight end as well. That's going to help our offensive two. line. We got two new, two new guys. We got the guy our, we drafted from San Diego State, and we got say, this other guy that was on our roster last season. I think that's the biggest the biggest question for the Texans. The, the only thing that held us back from playoffs offensive last line. year was the offensive, offensive line. line, and we're getting that back. We the addition of that tight end that we got that's going to help so much. I get the uh, the biggest Tex, Texan problem is everything up front. You're going to have to. It, it's it, I think it starts in the from tackle to tackle. It's not necessarily outside, but it's inside. Mm-hmm. If they can't figure out the problems on the inside tackle to tackle, you're going to have issues protecting if we, Watson. If we if Watson can't throw the ball, if Watson isn't clear, if Watson's got a crack to rhythm, it's not going to be a good season. If we if we can get a good offensive line and we can keep the offensive line throughout the season, I see us going 
very deep into the playoffs. So let's I see if he's in, even winning. Let's talk about who's getting a little too much noise right now. Who's overhyped? So the I don't think the Browns are overhyped, but they're so hyped all the moves they, they made are and all the, and they all are, the big I, games this they whole offseason lose lose the media go the media the NFL Network has pretty much given the Browns a Lombardi Trophy this offseason. Well, well, <laughs> yeah. well, name another organization. Name, name, name another time an organization like the Browns who didn't make the playoffs last season have gotten live coverage on the NFL Network of their training camp practice. Uh, uh, they literally uh, aired their training camp practice on the NFL Network. Well, I mean, look at look at who they got. They got Odell Beckham. That's, they what, got, that's what I'm saying. You know, it, so it, if they ra- don't, it really if they raises the question. At least to the AFC Championship, it's not going to be good. But the question becomes is, do you see them beating, you know, who are the top AFC teams right now? Uh, Do you see them beating New England? I don't I don't see the Browns I, beating New England. I don't care who they but acquired. New England's really lost so them. much, though. What did they lose? They still have... They lost Gronk. That he lost was the, he's the reason yeah. they beat KC mm. and, the, and won the right, Super Bowl. What about Kansas City, y'all? We have not talked about the Chiefs mm. at all. We haven't talked about the Rams. Rams, hey, my, my freaking Rams! Are you dog. kidding me? Hey. I see, I see the Rams doing really well this next season. I don't. Really? <laughs> I think they're. No, little, okay, I think hold they're. Hold I hold think on. they're overhyped. The, the Rams, I get. I get it. You have, have Aaron Donald. You have Aaron Donald. <laughs> you have Todd Gurley. But you know, I I don't like that quarterback. You know who else they win and added? They added Clay freaking Matthews. I know they did. Clay Matthews with Wade Smith I just as your DC. I don't like it, man. I just and Cooper Cup getting healthy. I think they're overranked. The I don't think. Over I honestly think the Cowboys should have beaten them last year. I know I'm a homer. But I don't think they. I think they, they're overhyped. Here's I'm sorry. I feel like this might I, be a Jared, I don't think they Jared Goff could have performed a little bit better last season. But here's yeah. the thing: Jared Goff performed very well in the regular season. Just came up short a few. He didn't come so, up short against the, the the Saints. I have one more. I have one more team. I think we need to talk about. What about the New Orleans Saints? Saints gonna be good. I got, I got hey, how about that hundred million dollar contract Green from Michael Bay. Thomas yesterday? Dude, that was he's getting he's bank right he's now. He's now the highest paid wide receiver. Dude, does in he deserve? Does, does he deserve that? I don't think so. I think there's other receivers that deserve a bigger contract, but he. I think for how well he did, his hundred million dollar contract was worth it. Ooh, Michael Thomas, dude, it, it's it's a long contract though. It is a long contract, but I do, I I think there are think better receivers in the NFL than Michael Thomas. I think I think Julio Jones deserves. A contract like that, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't necessarily think Michael Thomas does. Well, here's the thing. I get. I get it. He these produced. I get it. He produced. Now coming in these last two or three years, Julio Jones and other receivers like him are already locked down on long term contracts. So, so we're going to see from them in, in getting their bank too. Is in the, these next couple of years when they get closer to a contract year, they're going to be asking for extensions that will get them to that almost hundred million dollar thing, just like Michael Thomas does. Michael Thomas is a younger player who's on a contract year. That's why he's getting this now. Same with Russell Wilson. Same with Le'Veon Bell. Same with every other athlete that is getting these big contracts now. This so is a movement, and you're going to see more of it as it progresses. Let's let's kind of switch gears a little bit here, and let's start um, making some predictions about Super Bowl. I know it's. I know we haven't even gotten to um, preseason preseason yet, pre-season, but let's but. let's start. If if the Super Bowl was happening today, who would be in it? I say my top four: KC, Rams, Patriots are out of my top four. They lost people on defense. They lost people with Bill Belichick and Brady. I I really don't think they don't. They're not thinking of a receiver. I feel like I feel like they could at least make a playoff appearance, but I don't see them going to the Super Bowl this year. Not at all. My top four will be KC. Um, maybe the Texans can break in there, but uh, I see the Rams in the NFC for sure. Um, I'm not sure who in the NFC also can make. 
the Saints are definitely going to face yeah, the Rams again. I like the Saints. Saints and the Rams. Saints are going to be up there. Saints. You know, I'm going to go with the same two teams I went with last year. I think the best two teams in the NFC right now are Dallas and New Orleans. I can see Dallas breaking in there. I, I see Dallas and New Orleans, and then in the AFC, I, lo- I like KC. Mm-hmm. I, I can't really think of another team. Um, I like KC. KC, Dallas, or New Orleans. So uh, my, my, my top three um, for the NFC is going to be Dallas, New Orleans, and the Rams. I'm putting the Rams as the front runner because they, they made it to the Super Bowl, made it a, dec- a really close game, uh, close game with the Patriots, with an injured Todd Gurley, with a defense that was lacking. Even though Wade Phillips is an amazing, amazing DC. Um, what are so you w- with the Rams, th- th- they they've had a really good Super Bowl um, against the, the the Patriots with a lacking defense and defensive back, mm-hmm. and with uh, only Aaron Donald really helping them out defensive line wise. Um, even though Wade Phillips is an amazing DC, you add Clay Matthews to that. Uh, and you, you you get your extension with Wade Phillips. He's staying there. You make more moves to better your defensive backfield. The, their defense is what they need to shore up. Adding Clay Matthews from the Packers there is, is a great move. And let's talk, let's talk about Cooper Cup being healthy this season. He was out all of playoffs. He tore his ACL. So they went they went in the Super Bowl with a Todd Gurley that had arthritic like knees, couldn't play. Sounds like you're like in L.A. Yeah, I gotta say, I'm I'm gonna agree with Cole. I gotta say, it gotta think of what they were lacking. Rams and Saints have got to be yeah top two for me. Wade Phillips at DC, Sean McVay running the wide zone offense that is so deadly. What do you think? Their offense is gonna be the exact same and better with Cooper Cup. Them not having Cooper Cup is the reason they couldn't explode. Robert Woods kept getting double team. The rest of the receivers weren't that great one on one. They were lacking a lot in that Super Bowl. Just one team. One team. We're kind of gonna wrap up a little bit here, Mm -hmm. but I just want to finish with one team. What do y'all think about Arizona? Ooh, I I, I, I think they're gonna I have a similar season to what the Browns had last season. They're gonna I, finish I just, eight, I eight and barely miss. I love playoffs. the coaching. I love um, the coaching decision. Um, I, I loved him. I think he did great. I can't think of his name. Um, Kingsbury. Kingsbury. Yes. I think it's rolling the dice. I love. It could I, be great. Yeah, I really think. I, I like him. You know, he had a he had a, a pivotal role. He had a pivotal role with Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech. I, I really he's really an offensive minded guy. I really mm-hmm. like the coaching. I'm not necessarily sold on Kyler Murray. Uh, I'm not either with Kyler Murray. But here's the thing: the reason I don't think Arizona is going to necessarily blow up is because everything they've done in their moves has been a dice roll. Bringing Kyler Murray and taking out Josh Rosen, uh, Rosen a dice roll because Kyler Murray performance is freaking amazing in college, in college football. But that's his height, that's, his height is shorter. But I don't think Kingsbury to coach from a good move, but also a dice roll because what I'm concerned about for Kyler Murray is the fact that college football nowadays is not the NFL. No, college football nowadays is much more forgiving for a dual threat quarterback. It is the NFL. I hope you can pass <laughs> mm-hmm. because I mean, I mean, you you've seen it time in and time out. You have these guys like Johnny Manziel. Um, Guys like Dak Prescott, who in college, you know, they're big running guys. You know, you look at them and they they're they're running the ball, they're running up and down the field. But then they get to the NFL, and it's you got to be a pocket passer. You got to stay in the pocket. You got to pass the ball. And if you can't do that, well, sorry, you're not going to be our NFL quarterback. That's yeah, just man. how it is. So I think Kyler's main disadvantage is just height. 
But look, Arizona is just going for all the marbles here. They're bringing in a, a, a quarterback that has a lot of upside, but it's a dice roll there. Bringing Kingsbury, he has a lot of upside offensively, not defensively, but a lot of if he's if he's going to go for a Sean McVay roll, he's the guy to do it. But that's a, that's another dice roll. Mm-hmm. The moves they made with their offensive line to try to shore that up, that's a dice roll. So I, I think there's a huge margin for error here with the moves they made. It could really work out with their franchise. I think I think Murray's training camp videos I've seen, he's looking great. But everything they've done is a giant dice roll it's, with a, it's, a, it's, a huge margin for error. There could be a lot of ups, a lot of downs. It's a gamble. It, it really is. I, that's my sum up of so, Arizona. So let's let's kind of shift up a little here. We're going to start off with a, um, our second new segment of the uh, um, no, episode. Off, yeah. We're going to finish off with uh, a little uh, bold predictions with uh, out of left field. So, um, mm. Well, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll take hold of it. Okay, so um, bold prediction number one. I see the Browns, okay? Wild card, they win that. They get to the second round, but they lose. They go, they're going to make the playoffs. I see them going to the I don't see that playoffs. as bold. I say them going to the Super Bowl as a bold prediction. I, well, see, I see that I don't as my see, prediction. You see that as your actual prediction? Okay. They were, one way, they were one win away from making it last year. Yeah, but you're right. Actually, you are right about that. I wouldn't say, you, I wouldn't you, say you add, they're... I wouldn't say they're going to the Super Bowl. The addition of they got Odell, right? No. Uh, 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 yes, Odell. Yeah, they got Odell and, and um, I just had his name, Kareem Hunt, and you have yes. Nick Chubb, and you have Jarvis Landry, and you have uh, Hollywood Higgins. Now they're now they're in for a good a good run. Maybe even if their it offensive to the line performs in the run game. I that's mean, what it comes down to. Houston's having the same problem. Miles Garrett with the, at DN with the offensive line. Freaking Miles Garrett at DN. Wow. Uh, da- freaking David Njoku at tight end as well. He's fantastic. Yeah. He's one of the top yeah. tight ends in the league. So their offense is set if their yeah. offensive line can perform in the run game. But I think the I think that is the actual prediction for the Browns. I think there's a lot of people saying Super Bowl or bust for them. Wow, that's a bold mm. that that's, that's a, bold a, bold prediction. Prediction. a bold prediction. You saying the Pelicans are going to? Hey, yo, uh, I'll stand with that. I'll yeah. stand with the repeat, Pelicans. Repeat what you said last no. episode. Please repeat word oh, for word. Okay, so Pelicans in eight. <laughs> No, what? but I'm serious. I'm serious with the Pelicans. Like I am, I am dead serious with the Pelicans. We're, you we're think going to see. We're te- going to see a good performance from the Pelicans. Where do you do you have them winning the ship? I don't. Want, I don't have them winning. Where I do you have, have them? I went over this. I have them. But have originally, them you said Pelicans winning the chip. Oh yeah, because that's what we were talking about. We were talking about who do you think is going to win the championship, and I said Pelicans, and then I had to backtrack on it because obviously they're not going to win the championship. You're dang right. But I saw them. I see them going pretty far into the playoffs. I mean, they have. Zion Williamson, they have Lonzo Ball, who else? Brandon Ingram. Yeah, Brandon Brandon Ingram. Like that's a that's a pretty good lineup. It's a really it's a, good, it's a really young it's a, roster. It's, it's also really an all young, Duke roster. It's a really young lineup, but I feel like it's still a good enough lineup for the Pelicans to perform. Fun fact: their starting five is all Duke players. It's a Duke reunion. <laughs> blue, yeah, Blue Devils. Yeah. <laughs> I see them as a team, seven or eight seed, shake things up, maybe get a first round win. Yeah. So, maybe. Hey. They pull off a miracle. I'll go ahead and make my bold prediction. I have uh, this year's ALCS championship series. I have Astros and Twins. Twins pulling it out. I have the Twins beating the Yankees. I think really? I, I, I I like that team, man. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the thing interesting about the Twins is just they're they're not they're making a lot of noise, but not a lot of big names. Um, you know, they made a lot of moves in the bullpen recently, and not a lot of big contracts either. No, mm-hmm. you know they and and I was really, 
I think the Twins can go off and, you know, maybe next season or even not this season. The trade deadline was already passed, but maybe next season trying to pull in and possibly get um, just a big name, mm-hmm. you know. I, I like the Twins. I'll, I'll say my bold prediction. <laughs> this is going to be a funny one. My bold prediction is Josh Gordon uh, get, get, passes all the drug tests and is able to get back <laughs> into the league. <laughs> Hey, maybe uh, we can throw maybe we can throw Le'Veon Bell in that uh, category as well. <laughs> no, Le'Veon Bell is clear. Josh Gordon is indefinitely suspended until he in, until he gets cleared by Goodell himself. Ooh. So he's had drug. We can. Dude, y'all hear- Josh Gordon's a, a drug story is a whole thing for another time. But I, a bold, my bold, completely out of left field prediction is that he's somehow able to get back on the. Well, he's still on the Patriots roster, just not active roster. And he'll be able to get back at some point in the season. So Michael Jordan comes back and the Bulls win. Michael Jordan comes back with $100 million. Bulls win in game seven. No, no. Michael Jordan comes back, joins the Knicks with Stephen A. Smith at at point guard. And and you know what? Let's throw Shaq in there, They go 72 and 10. (laughs) Hey, I just wanted to say one last thing as Mm -hmm. we're kind of wrapping up here. Um, Did y'all hear the news about Ezekiel Elliott? He's holding out. No, no. The suspension. He got... In some trouble again. What happened? I I can't really remember exactly what happened, but um, the, apparently he has a meeting with Goodell about it. So I, I, that's going to have to be unwrapped it's later. Very, for sure. It's it's very concerning if you're a Cowboys. Because he's already fan. been there before. He's been in the hot seat. He's before. been yeah. in the hot seat before, and you know the the Cowboys. You know, and if you're a Cowboys fan, you know um, you can't afford. You to had lose Dak. You had Dak holding out as well, and you know if, if you're a Cowboys, you know you want to get. The thing about Dak is he's clean cut. Mm-hmm. He's an, mm-hmm. he, he's not going to make those decisions, you know. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and you know when you're an NFL commission or a GM, you know you really take those things into account when mm-hmm. contract signing comes on. Yeah. Yep. So just just throwing that out there to yeah. finish up. I, we'll have to talk. Uh, we can talk that about up. that a little more. That's something too. that I think is going to really develop these next couple of days. Yes. But, so so all gonna, your viewers out there. Watch it. Watch it. <laughs> Watch out. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, we're going to have to cut it for the episode today. Um, we, I think we really went into depth on a lot of really good stuff here. I enjoyed doing this, and we'll that's the end of the episode. Yeah, see you guys see later. You guys. See you guys. See you all next week. Bye.